mainly like the frequency or like I have experiences very, very frequently where I just merge into like the infinite bliss and love of God. And that's it. Like that's, it's just pure love. It's just pure ecstasy, love, orgasmic, like amazing. Ugh, just that, right? So that, that experience that some people would seek in an ayahuasca journey in a life near a near death experience, they've seek their whole lives to have that one experience of God. That is my anchor. That is my experience that I get to, I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed to have that experience. Like it's a standard, I forget how special it is because I have it constantly, but that changes my life. Every time I have it, it's like, I forget for a second that I'm this human having this human experience with all these worries and anxieties. And I'm like, bam, oh, that's right. I just needed to come back to God. And none of this matters, right? So it's that experience. There was some really cool things that happened when I started being open to the, oh, I'm channeling aliens and there are other races and, and our human um, genetic modification, all that stuff at the start was when I... You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to be with you all as I say on most shows, thanks for tuning in and watching the shows and sharing your comments and all that great stuff, pressing that subscribe button. We love it when you do that. It helps the algorithms, helps share the love, helps share these conversations so that other people can find them and reap the benefits from what we talk about. Well, I've got the gorgeous goddess on the show today with me, Beck Mylonis. Welcome to the show, Beck. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> So Beck was introduced to me by the gorgeous Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality. I was, Big love, Brandon. <laughs> I was listening to you guys riff, as you say, on his show. And, uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Lots of swear words flying around. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not sorry. <laughs> but let me tell you a little bit about Beck and, and uh, what she's been going through. She's actually an Aussie, but she's in Mexico at the moment. Whereabouts in Mexico are you? I am being a classic spiritual person in Tulum <laughs> situation. Oh. Yeah, it's very like, it's like the, oh, I went from Bali to Tulum. Oh, how typical. So I'm in okay. Tulum at the moment, but uh, I will I will be moving around. Yeah. So Tulum sounds like a, another spiritual conscious community. Is it like like yes. Bali, like Ubud, like, like Byron? It's that kind of hub, absolutely. Yeah, Shasta, yeah. all those sort of yes. places. Cool. Yes. Sounds great. Well. Let me tell you a little bit about Beck. Beck's spiritual journey of awakening was not an easy ride as she was taken into the depths of depths within, a place many people would not be able to face and come out the other side into the light, knowing she is light and here to radiate this knowing so others can remember. Beck is a priestess, energetic alchemist, psychic channel, new earth leader, mystic and creatrix. I love that play on word. <laughs> Speaker writer who is passionate about helping people navigate their awakening and initiation process in order to step into and embody their fullest, highest, most aligned versions of their soul self. She's passionate about speaking, writing, and sharing 
the learning, her learnings from her own healing journey, along with the wisdom she channels around awakening, healing, and the ascension process. With your mob, you've got a, a, a galactic mob as well. You've got a few. I, they're super beings. galactic, but also super earthy. Super, I've got both. I have Porque no los dos, as they say in Spanish, <laughs> which is why not both. But yeah, we definitely, I work with a lot of ancestors, like ancestral energy as well, which we know is galactic anyway, because it, if we go way, 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 way back, they were our forefathers. But yeah, I, I definitely work with the ancestors of the land. Something actually interesting. I've been receiving a lot from the Mayan ancestors, which is why I'm here. So I'm kind of like full disclosure, a bit wiped out today. They're just like pff, downloading me with all this info. But oh, cool. well, we'll have to hear about that a bit later on. But you grew up in Australia. Whereabouts in Australia did you grow up? Sydney. Um, and I left when I was like 18. I just wanted to get away far away from my Greek family as I could. So I went to Melbourne, um, and I lived there till I was 26 and then became a gypsy, moved to Bali and I've been traveling around ever since. Interesting that you went from Sydney to Melbourne because Melbourne has a bigger Greek community. Uh, they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Melbourne is known for having such a Greek, a big Greek community. Did you run in that Greek community or did you kind of like seek out the conscious tribe or the awakening tribe? Highly unconscious when I lived in Melbourne. I was about rock and roll partying, drug (laughs) sex, all of that. So I was like complete, it feels like a different human, different version, but burlesque performer, musician, rock and roll. That was my jam in Melbourne, clubbing and partying. Um, Or half the time I was in Melbourne, my awakening started kind of half the time that I was there and then it was like... Yeah. So did you move from Sydney to get away from the family, to get away from like, why did you, okay, well, tell, tell us about it. Where did it all start, darling one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, hmm, let me feel into this before I just start running my mouth. I love my family dearly. I adore my family and I'm so grateful that I chose that family to incarnate into. But growing up, um, there were a few things in my family which I, definitely wanted to rebel against. I have always been fiery, independent, wanting to do my own thing. And being Greek, you know, <laughs> with a Greek father who's very traditional, um, born in Greece, even though he's he came over when he was younger, still very traditional, like us wogs, as we call them in Australia, we're different, right? There's a different value system. Parents have different expectations. So I had a lot of expectations on me as a kid. I want to just interject for one moment. You know what wog stands yeah. for, don't you? western sorry oriental gentleman that's it is that right yeah yeah <laughs> yep so wog in australia yeah, so, is, a, is a derog you know we used to call people from europe wogs and it was derogatory in the past in the 50s and 60s but it actually is western oriental we've reclaimed gentleman. it yeah yes we have very much reclaimed the word so i have no shame about calling myself a wog but we just generally like migrant families the way that I was raised was very different to my Australian friends. Like growing up, I had, a, you know, certain curfews. I wasn't allowed to hang out with boys. I, it wasn't as bad as like some families. So they're very, very strict, but I definitely had that pressure from my family, uh, from my dad, my, my, really my mom. And my mother was struggling with a lot of mental health issues when I was younger. So I had a lot, like a, quite a traumatic childhood, which I perceived it as traumatic as a child. As an adult, looking back, I understand my mom so deeply and I understand mental health issues. So I don't, like we've had this conversation in every angle and every way, and we've definitely healed everything that there is to heal there. And I love her to death. And, you know, I I hold no guilt or resentment, sorry, towards her. But as a child, I perceived that definitely is very traumatic. And it really kind of stunted my growth in a way that I just wanted to get out of there. At 18, I was like, get me the hell out of here. Like I will 
blow up. I will explode if I have to live in this house. So I said to my parents, I'm going to go study in Melbourne. And it was basically just an escape to get as far away as I could from my family who were also terrible. And you know what being a teenager is like, you definitely don't see things from the higher perspective. You don't have a lot of foresight or like insight into why people are the way that they were. So I was a very angry, um, bitter, jaded, tough, like bad bitch, boxer, burlesque, dancer, tattoos, rock and roll chick, and didn't want to have anything to do with my family. Um, so I left and went to Melbourne and that's kind of when my spiritual awakening sort of started in 2012 was the first kind of call and actually started through fitness for me. Um, I was overweight and I was like smoking 40 seconds cigarettes a day in my Melbourne townhouse, just like miserable and, you know, drinking every day, partying, doing drugs, all that stuff. And I reached this point of like, if I don't do something to change my life, like I know that I'm here to do something. I know that I have this purpose. Like I always had this knowing that I had this purpose. And I also knew that it wasn't film or whatever I was studying. There was like this, mm, this is not aligned. Um, I knew that I had this purpose and I was like, if I don't change something in my life, I'm going to end my life. Like it was, it was straight up, like I cannot live like this. And so I started this fitness journey, which then led into like a law of attraction, Abraham Hicks, like starter mode spirituality journey, which then opened up to like me starting to explore my intuition, throw in at some point there, I was diagnosed with bipolar, went on medication, went off the medication, like lots of little like things happening through that whole time. I'm trying to condense it down. Um, and it kind of all culminated in, I was, I think I was 26 and I'd been living in Melbourne for like eight years. And by this point I'd started connecting to like spirit guides, but I wasn't like sure. Like I was like, Oh, maybe like my grandma had died and I had this experience when she passed away of feeling her energy. And that was the first time I really felt anything. Um, and I had this, I received this download of you need to go off the medication you need to leave your apartment, your boyfriend, your job, your everything that you have in Melbourne and go to Bali. And I was like, that is the craziest thing I have ever heard. And I kind of just started my coaching business at that point. So I was already on the path to like my purpose. And I thought that was to be a coach at that time. And I was like, this is the wildest thing I could ever possibly think of. Like, I don't even like Bali. Like this is <laughs> what is random. Okay, cool. Let's go. So I did, I, I jumped off a, a cliff. Basically I was like, all right, like let's do the wild unknown thing because I know that I can't keep being in this environment in this life, like in, in what I'm doing and expecting things to be different. So I did, I, I left. And that is when the whole like full force of my Kundalini awakening kind of happened. All of my big purging, the dark night of the soul stuff kind of happened. And all the trauma that I've been suppressing from childhood, um, telling myself I'm tough, I'm not emotional, I'm not sensitive, I'm not squishy, like all these things. That was really like, <laughs> that mask got torn off me. And I basically cried for like four years straight. Um, just releasing everything and all the anger and um, stripping back and stripping back and stripping back. And then it started to kind of intensify as the Kundalini really started to awaken in me. And I started to follow the call of, um, I had been for a year in Bali trying to like make my coaching business work and like getting completely blocked by the universe. Cause the universe was like, this is not the thing. Like there's something else, but like I was hell bent on, I'm going to prove to everyone, look at me. I'm this entrepreneur. I'm going to Bali. I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to come back and be like, show you dad, you know, <laughs> I showed you, you told me I couldn't do it. I show you right. Defiance. Um, and I was getting blocked. Like I was getting blocked in every, every Avenue. And there was this 
thing that kept happening to me all year. I kept running into these shamans and healers and they were telling me, you're a shaman, you're a healer, you're a shaman, you're a healer. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, you're this priestess, you've got these gifts. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just a coach. And it got to the point where I was so broke. I had like $200 left in my account. I was about to face my biggest fear, which was not only moving back to Australia, but it was like having to go back to my parents, which I hadn't been since I was 18, living with my parents in an apartment because I just sold the house with my tail between my legs broke, having just failed. Right. So I was like facing that. So I was like, you know what? I've got nothing to lose God. If I am this healer that everyone keeps telling me I am, then show me. And literally the next day, that's when like my Kundalini had started awakening. I just wasn't aware of it. But the next day I had a full on Kundalini experience and I was with Kali. I was doing a, a goddess workshop with Kalima, like Kali, the dark goddess. Um, the, I think she's Hindu goddess. And I started spontaneously like speaking other languages, like crazy stuff, remembering past lives, like remembering being burnt at the stake, remembering all these intense things that had happened. And then that's really when shit started for me, I guess. So I guess that's the journey that got me on the path to starting the the process that there's then been the years and years and years of unraveling. But that was the the before the spiritual journey life. When you had the Kundalini awakening, did did you have it through, you said you were doing a workshop. Was it like through plant medicine or no, just breathing no. or? So, so it was two things. Like I believe mine awoke spontaneously. Like I didn't push it. I wasn't seeking to um, do it. But what I realized in hindsight is I was doing this Joe Dispenza meditation for a year, every day for a year. And in this meditation, he basically gets you to squeeze your perineum, your, um, your, like your lower body and then pull and suck basically like pull the life force up into your crown, which now I, I realize is that's a way to literally wake your Kundalini in a forcible way. Um, and so I'd been doing that every single day. And it's like, when I did this Kali workshop, what it did was working with that Shakti. Um, and it was a workshop is rewilding for women. It's Sabrina Lynn. She's amazing. I've worked with her. She's great but it was one of her workshops and I don't know something about that archetype or that energy. I work a lot with Carly now, so it totally makes sense that she was the one to liberate me, but something in bringing her energy into my body blasted it like open beyond what I'd ever experienced. So I think it was like partially it was spontaneous, partially it was a breath work that I'd already been doing. And partially it was like, my soul was like, we are ready, like wake up. <laughs> like it is time for you to, start this process of like the purging, the healing, the clearing, the upgrading, the all the stuff. What is Kali to you? What's the energy of Kali to you? Absolutely. Yeah. So she's a fierce mother who oh, I feel her energy actually as like, this is a transmission. People can feel this through me. Actually, let me just share, like share her energy. So I feel her as she can be sacred rage. Like she can be the protector. So she's called Kali the destroyer. She is depicted with all these arms um, and she rips off the heads of demons, right? So she is the fierce feminine. She's the dark feminine. She's a part of the feminine. That is that primal rage, that primal like mama bear energy of like, do not hurt them. Don't touch them. I will rip your head off, right? Like, so the feminine that is like so beyond um, trying to be nice and like keep a lid on it. She is like chaotic. She is wild. She's uncontrollable. But basically what she does is she takes you to that one part, that bit of darkness inside of you that you're not looking at, that part of you that's going to free you. And she tears it out of you and she does it with love. And there is like nothing that she will see or look at or be able to like hold you or she won't be able to hold you in. 
And that's the beauty of her love, like, cause it's dark, it's fucking dark and it's intense. And I remember when I started calling her in, whew, I was like, whoa, this is like so intense and this is scary. And is this a demon? I don't know what this is. And I should be working with this, right? It was terrifying. But what I realized is like underneath that, she's doing that to liberate you. Like there is love, there is fierce divine love of like, I will speak up for you. I will show you where you are holding yourself back and I will not let you be there anymore. And it's going to suck. And I'm going to put you on your ass, which is what she did to me for a year. She put me on my ass. She smacked me around, but I see now like the love behind that. And also I want to say, um, you know, these archetypes are all within us. So while I say it's Kali Ma and she's outside of me, it's a flavor of my own energy or the collective consciousness or God or source coming through in a flavor of energy. And that flavor of energy is the dark primal feminine. It's the dark goddess. So I love her. I love working with her. She's terrifying and amazing and badass, as you can tell. I vibe with that energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds similar to like an Archangel Michael energy as well. As you say, it's an archetypical energy of destruction. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guides have been t teaching me a lot about destruction over the last few years because we're in a we're in a shift in where a lot of old systems have to be destroyed and when I listen to your story back you know your generation is the generation of my daughter and um, I've seen this with your generation well it's with my generation too and probably generations before me too we're holding like for the light workers the light weavers we're holding a lot of distortion from the d on the DNA lineage and yeah. like it's this distortion from you know, just just we went into it briefly at the beginning with um, society, social stuff, religious distortion, like all this like prejudice that was in Australia and um, much more when before you were born, when I was a kid, you know, calling Europeans wogs and all that sort of thing, all this separation, destruction. So so the light workers come in to families that hold a lot of distortion on their lineage mm -hmm. and then there has to be a transmutation of that energy. There has to be a shifting, a transforming of that energy that's been passed down. The sins of the father are visited on the son. And I feel like that's what you were doing and you needed that, that Kali energy to destroy the thought forms and the beliefs and the patterns, the patterns. And uh, you don't only do it for you, you do it for your whole family. You actually do it for humanity. So Yeah, it was it was. Like in hindsight, now I know exactly what I was doing. <laughs> and it was, I had a several very heavy soul contracts that might like karma. I had karma to clear up basically as a soul. I've done some not nice shit. All right. We've all been everything, but I definitely know I've done some really not nice things to humanity. So I basically signed up to come here and clear a lot of contracts for not just for myself, but for the collective. So I was definitely, you know, I, in that intro, it's like seeing and going to depths that most people would not be able to handle. Like there were stages where it was like six months, a year of being plummeled with grief and trauma beyond what was even reasonable for my human life. Like I, it was grief of like literally being like raped, abused, beaten up like every single day of my life and then hung up to die while watching my family die. Like that was the level of grief, like war, um, fat, like very heavy, heavy stuff. Um, you know, a child abuse, all these sorts of contracts that I was coming to basically clear up my own karma from those lifetimes where I've, I'd gone through those things. Like literally I signed up to go through all of those things. So in this lifetime, I've come back and basically what I was doing, it was like multi-linear, um, multi-dimensional timeline work, taking back those parts of my soul, healing those parts of my soul, like 
forgiving and releasing all of those people who had done those things to me, like seeing that I literally chose it. <laughs> like I had chosen those contracts. I was very angry at God for a lot of that time when I was remembering all these things that had happened to me. Cause I was like, how could you do this to me? I'm a light worker. Like I came here to share my gifts and this is like five, six lifetimes in a row that I'm remembering where I'm left burnt, hung, killed, murdered, like beheaded. Like what? Like, you know, how could you do this to me? And so there was so much anger at God. Um, which I really realized was an anger at myself for all the, the things that I'd done in the past that were not nice, um, that I was then feeling like I had to pay back for, or like I wasn't worthy of God's love. I wasn't worthy of having a lifetime where I didn't see these horrible things happening. So it was a lot of like my own karma basically. And I actually recently, which is a huge for me, cleared all of that um, at the end of my Saturn return, which finished last year. Thank God for that. Or the start of this year. Um, I received the message from my guides of like, you don't even realize the amount of karma. It's like, not just from this lifetime, it's like lifetimes and lifetimes and cycles that you have been clearing and you've just cleared it. And it's like, literally my human signed up for like, I'm going to remember this at like 25, 26, whatever it is going to go through it for four years, every single day, like express level purge of like being taken to these places where I was on the floor, literally just praying, like sobbing, just like mama, take the pain away. Like, as in like divine mother, like you need to get me through this. And I see on the other side, it was like, I was like, right, I'm ready to just get, get all that out of the way. So we can do the real job. It's not the real job, but like the job, which is now to like be in my purpose. Right. But it was a lot of wading through some heavy, heavy stuff. Um, and I don't regret it. Like I, I honestly, I can sit here and say, I don't regret any of the things that I've had to go through or, or be through because I know that I chose it um, because of who I am as a soul and because of what my mission is. Right. So we can get into victimhood about this stuff and be like, when we start remembering past lives, Oh my God, like, but I was burnt, but I was hung, but I was abused. Oh my God, it's going to happen again. Atlantis, everything's going to implode. Um, or we could recognize that we had to have that experience as a soul. We chose to have that experience as a soul because our soul doesn't just want the nice stuff our soul wants all of this stuff so it can experience itself as a divine through us um, which means it wants to experience the darkness which means that i've had lifetimes that were incredibly dark like remembering being races that we you know we talk about them all oh, they're the bad ones that are, i have was clearing up some serious contracts last year around what i'd done as one of those beings um, and facing them constantly like in my journeys and my underworld journeys like facing them and having to look at them and be like, it's really interesting because this was coming through to talk about when I dropped in, something was happening for me last night. It was like, I was facing this demon, um, this demon inside of myself. And it was like an external entity that had like latched into part of my body, but it was also a part of myself that I was facing. And I had tried to like be Kali Ma in that moment and be that fierce, like, I'm going to be the dark feminine and, and destroy you. And then I was like, wait a second, this is not, this is actually not what, what I'm meant to be doing here. What I'm meant to be doing here is saying, Hey, I love you. Would you like to pass through this portal of light that I've now opened up for you? And it was like, poof, it just like came through my heart space transmuted. And I realized like all these things that we're afraid of the darkness, entities, demons, like whoa, whatever the agenda, it just like, even the darkness within us just wants to be witnessed and said, Hey, I love you. I know what you've done. I know, you know, the the things that you've are so terrible and unforgivable, blah, 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 whatever. This to me is what Christ consciousness is. It's that forgiveness and love of like at the moment in our collective, 
there are opportunities for everyone to transcend, to ascend, to move past um, everyone, including all of these beings who we're all like judging and shaming and oh, they're the bad guys. Like they also get the opportunity to ascend, right? So if you're receiving attacks, if there's a message for someone out here, like maybe part of the reason you're receiving those attacks is so you stop giving your power away to them. And you realize that if you hold your light and your love and you say, hey, you're here for a reason, obviously you're attracted to my light or you're trying to mess with me or whatever reason that you're right here. How about firstly, I'm not going to let you take my power away. So let's acknowledge that. Like, I'm not going to give you that power. And secondly, is there something that I can help you with? Can I be of service to you? Can I bring you back to love? Like, do you want love? What is it that you want? Right. So that's been a, a really interesting part of my journey. Like having to face some very, very dark energies, dark things, dark beings, dark pieces of myself and love them like, and praying like, God, let me love this. Like help me to love this, you know? Yeah. yeah beautiful. It's, yeah, it's the only way to go. I mean, destruction has its purpose. Like when I was chatting to the guides about it a few years ago, they said, if you're going to renovate your house, You've got to pull down the old house first, right? It has something has to be destroyed for something new. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. And they said, so don't cry over the destruction of the old house. Like celebrate the building of a new one. And so destruction has has its way, but then, but then we can get so caught up in the destroying, the destroying, the dark, the fighting, addicted the dark. To it. Yeah, we get to addicted it. to it. Totally, it becomes the new drug of like, oh, yeah. look at me, I'm a hero for wading through the underworld and fighting all the demons. And I got attached to that story too. Yeah, I did. I really did. My, I love the drama. I love the chaos. I love being the dark feminine, as you can probably tell. It's a story. <laughs> it's a. We keep ourselves there for way longer than we have to, and sometimes it's called for, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to, especially women or even men, like that dark masculine, that dark feminine, we need to be able to witness it because there have been parts of me who are so afraid of the amount of chaos and destruction that I am. I was seeing someone recently and he said to me, you are a volcano waiting to erupt. And I can see that <laughs> there's chaos. And I'm like, it's true. My mom used to call me a little volcano, right? So that's in me. And I've pushed that away and I've been so afraid of it. Like, what if this destruction gets in the wrong hands? What if I destroy? What if I implode? Like, what if this darkness is too much? No one can hold it. Um, but it's also a story, right? Because it's there for a reason and it serves a purpose. And if it's wielded with love, then it serves a purpose. And that's that's it. Like the, to be in those spaces with love is the difference between, I don't know, being using that negatively and just destroying for the sake of destroying. Yeah, it's the difference between enlightenment and suffering. As I'm listening to your story, I've had Francis Key a channel on the show many times. He channeled the team books, which is four amazing books after her mother died about 12 years ago. I think it was 2010. Her mother died and uh, amazing, amazing books. And one of the concepts in the books, well, the whole concept of the book is it's called the team because it talks about us, our soul being this multidimensional aspect. It's like, we're not one person, mm -hmm. you know, in, in this human experience, we, we think you, me, we're separate. You're you, I'm me. And then we, think about our past lives as me too but one of the concepts that we discussed in the team is that your soul team your spiritual team members of your spiritual team can take on you know your karma if you're not willing to do it and then you're working through this karma of the team so often when you look into past lives it's part of you because you're a part of that team, but it's not not necessarily my mm -hmm. past life. Imprinting. Are you talking about imprinting? No, yeah, I'm not talking sort about of, no? 
No, I'm not. But I'm talking about taking on that, working through that karma. So we're working through it for the collective, for our families right. and for yes. our teams. And and that's why sometimes it can feel so big, like as you talk about, uh, sort of it's more than just your past lives. It's like mm-hmm. your team's past lives. But as you say, you were elected to do that. You said, yep, I'm up for that. I'll come down. I'll do that. I'll be a part of the team that takes that on. But something yeah. that you said about, I was watching this show last night. Somebody had said, I'll watch it. I had started watching it called Manifest. Have you seen it on Netflix? I've seen it on Netflix. I haven't watched it though. Like I've seen it. I started there. watching it a while ago. I thought it was boring. And then somebody said, no, no, watch it. So I watched it again. I still thought it was boring. But <laughs> <laughs> but the concept is these people are in a plane and then they land five years later and they all have psychic abilities. And it was something that you said uh, that reminded me of the watching it because so many people have messages from their guides and they never think to ask questions. Like in the show, they're going, you know, like save him or they'll get this sort of thing. And the person doesn't seem to ask like who, why, what are you talking about? <laughs> they just find the phenomena of hearing voices or having thoughts or impulses so strange and I'm like, oh, God, come on, guys. This is just your psychic ability. But it's so mm. funny that you can get this message and you don't stop to ask, can you explain? Please explain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in that, if you're talking about the Bali, like go to Bali message, it was so loud and it was so strong that I knew it had to be my soul or my higher self or something like that. I knew it was nothing outside of me. It was something in me and I could feel it. And so when I channel, actually, I feel things so deeply in my body and I'm like, that is the truth. Like I know when I'm onto some shit because I get it in my body and I'm like, oh, that is the truth. I get, I'm getting it in my body. Um, so it's less that it drops in as someone speaking to me. I'm more yeah. clear. I'm clear cognizant. I just know things. I don't know why I know them. I just know them. Yeah. I feel things deeply in my body. Like, yeah. whoa, I feel them so deeply. Um, so and, and when I know- get that. Yeah, you just know. It's so interesting enough in this show, there's like a little boy in the show that's getting the messages, but he's getting the messages as a knowing. So the father says, how do you know that? And he goes, I don't know. I just know. Whereas the adults are getting the like a voice in their head Mm -hmm. or they're seeing a vision and then they're like, what the, you know, but the little boy, it's so it's funny because it's, he's the younger generation. He's just feeling it like it's his truth and he's following it rather than questioning it or um, wondering what the hell it is. It was so, so that part of the show was interesting. Still a boring show. This uh, reminds me of, um, I had some mentors I was working with ages. I always used to be like, I'm not psychic because they don't get visions. And I'd always associate with the only way that psychic gifts come through is if I get this vision of this like crystal ball vision of the future. Right. And I'd be like, I'm not psychic because of that. And then it kept coming to me. Yeah. But like, look at these random things that you know about people that you don't even know them. How do you know that? Right. And in this training, the, what they're two partners it's a it's a they're like a divine union couple the man sees things and the woman's like me she just feels and knows things and they were talking about like the bonuses of each one and what the difference is and I've always been like I wish I could see but honestly some of the things that I've experienced I do not want a visual representation of that because it would freak me out um but also she was saying you know, I, I feel them things really deeply and I just know that it's truth because I feel it. Whereas with him, he gets a visual, but there's sometimes no context. So then he has to go the next step and ask, okay, give me the details. So actually I feel like people who have clear cognizance or clear audience or even clear sentience, um, anything like that, it's probably, you might think that you're handicapped by not seeing, but actually sometimes that seeing's an extra step where you're like, why are you giving me this random symbol of a thing? And what does that mean? Right. I, so I totally it was agree. interesting. Yeah. yeah. What, what are your faculties? 
Well, all of them, you yeah. know, but I, I, and so I've experienced all of them at, at one time. But when you get a vision without any context to it, then you have to ask, like, what is it? Like, what mm. am I looking at? But then yeah. it's beautiful to have the visual because when I ask, show me, they can show me with that visual. So I see it like a movie or a painting or an image, sometimes black and white, sometimes full color. Like the other day I was in a group for a birthday and we did a bit of a ceremony and singing and um, the girls whose birthday it was, her partner had died. Like quite a few people had died around her. And um, when I shut my eyes, I saw all these people that had come to join our ceremony, our singing and, and whatever we were doing. And her partner was there. It was really interesting. He was full color, solid. But then somebody else I knew like walked in the room in spirit who had passed recently, but she wasn't. She was kind of like see-through. So it's interesting that the seeing is depicting like the the full color solid being was more connected or more fully present, whereas the one that was more see through and etheric wasn't. So it's it's interesting that the visual has its bonuses, but but I I absolutely agree. If you're only seeing, it's just confusing. You're like what the hell are you showing me? What does that mean? I've had so many psychic readings from psychics who've seen things, and they've said, "Oh, I can see these statues on a deck." And when I look back at the reading, the statues on a deck were my pot plants on a deck. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got yeah, to interpret yeah. what you're seeing. And mm-hmm. then she's seeing stuff, but it's going through her belief system. So it's not yeah. making sense to me because I don't have that same belief system. Yeah, I reckon you've got to have all of it. you just got to have all of it. The, mm-hmm. But I, I always teach my students just to ask. If you don't understand what you're seeing, hearing, or knowing, just ask. Like, yeah. Please explain and show me, show me in a way my linear mind can understand. Remember, linear mind here, linear mind. <laughs> yeah. So what took you to Mexico this time? I knew I was coming here to do some grid work because I'd been here two years ago. And there was this whole long stream of events. I was in Costa Rica with a man that I was with, like together with. And I'd come here um, on a holiday to see my friend who was in the States. This was all through COVID. Long story short, I'd heard six months earlier, you need to go to Mexico. You're going to wind up in Mexico. And I was like, oh, that feels really good. And then I forgot all about it. Ended up in Costa Rica and I was due to come back to Australia. Um, yeah, like the next, the following week, but I was stopping over in Mexico to see my girlfriend. Anyway, I got here and I was in Cancun, hating my life. Just like, I don't want to be here. I just want to see my family. I haven't seen them in two years. I just broke up with this guy. I'm a mess. Like we've been dealing with all this karmic stuff. I just want to go home. And I had this feeling inside of like, you're not getting on that plane. And it was a sick feeling. And it was my intuition telling me you're not getting on that plane. But my human was like, getting on the fucking plane, I'm getting on the plane. Anyway, lo and behold, it was when they were still, you still had to get a test to get on the plane. Got my test back. It was positive. Couldn't get on the plane. I was like, had my tantrum, had my big blow up at spirit. Like, just let me go home. Like, I haven't seen my parents. Like, I just want to go to Australia. Like, it's been so long. Had my tantrum. And then I was like, okay, I've had my tantrum now. What do you require of me? And it dropped in and it was like, you need to go to Tulum. And it was like, oh, everything shifted. My energy shifted like this weight just got lifted off me. I was like, that is crazy. So I booked my bus and this was like the first time I'd really been traveling alone, particularly in South America, not that Mexico is South America, but this part of the world. So it was huge initiations for me to even be here, let alone traveling to Mexico in Mexico by myself on a bus. Anyway, got on a bus. And as I'm coming through kind of like the closer I was getting towards Tulum, I was having this full body visceral reaction of like, I'm home. Like, <laughs> yeah I'm home and it was so beautiful like just this feeling of coming home that I had never really had anywhere else in my life anywhere 
like I loved Bali and I felt very welcomed by the spirits there. And they definitely called me there to work on portals, but it was not like this. This was like, we are your people. We love you. Welcome back. And I remember I was sitting on the beach on the first day and there was this little girl selling something on the beach. And I was like broken. Like I was inside. I was like, this is what's become of my culture. And I was like, Beck, you're white. <laughs> you're a gringo sitting on this beach contribute. Like what? Like the hell? Anyway, long story short, I ended up meeting this man the next day and we had had a past life together. Like it was just crazy. Went through this whole journey and we were clearing a bunch of stuff here. So we were clearing some karma basically from our lifetime when we'd been killed here. And um, just like, it was just a lot of stuff that we were clearing. And then I never saw him again. And I went back to Australia and kind of forgot all about it. And then a year later or like last year, this earlier this year, sorry, in February, I was just minding my own business in Bali, just like blah, blah, blah. And I knew that I like needed to go back to Mexico at some point, but I was doing, I don't know what I was doing. I was meditating and they all came in. I could feel the Mayan ancestors come in. They were like, it's time. You got to go back. And I was like, that's great. But firstly, I don't have the money. Secondly, I don't have the money. Thirdly, I don't like, how am I going to, you know? So I, I just was like, okay, if I meant to go, I meant to go. And then things just went up, 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 aligned for me to come here. And I kind of had forgotten that it was this, deep soul call. Again, I always do this. I'm like, I have this huge soul call of there's work for me to do and I have to receive. And, and, um, I arrived here and I've just been receiving so much stuff. So I actually haven't felt completely what it is and what, what the frequency of it is. I just feel the frequency of it all streaming in at the moment. And it, what it feels like is it's ancient wisdom. It's ancient knowledge. I feel like I'm definitely holding parts of the grid here. I'm helping to bring online, um, ancient energy and technology that's been here. I feel like it could relate to some of the prophecies that they had. It relates to the astrology, the ways that they read the astrology. It relates to the solar flares. It relates to Quetzalcoatl, who's like the dragon energy. So there's lots of pieces of it coming in. Um, obviously, like I've consented. So <laughs> I just need to say like, it's not just people randomly streaming things in and I'm like, well, I'll receive it and then see. No, it's like, I've consented. I know you guys are my homies. I open myself to receive. So you said that you've had lots of downloads from the Mayans. What have they been telling you? Absolutely. So I'm actually going to open my channel now and invite them to speak through me. Thanks, guys. Wow, here they are. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and I want to say as well, like behind what I'm saying, there is a potential for people to receive some of what I'm saying is an energetic frequency and upgrade. So if you would like to receive this, there's no pressure to receive this, but just say, yes, mentally, I consent. I allow you to send this energy through me. It's a lot of energy. So if you feel energy, you'll be feeling it. It's a, uh, it's quite electric. So there's lots of things that they were kind of dropping into me and it's still, there's a piece still yet to unravel. There's been some things about karma, which I'm still sinking into and some of the heavier karmic contracts that this, um, I guess these people have and they're completing, but they're telling me not to talk about that. Okay, noted. Um, what they want to talk about is really bringing back this wisdom and this knowledge around their codex, their piece that, that, that they held, right? The grid that they held was being able to really, it's like receive energy from cosmic, um, like receive cosmic energy. Wow. This is a lot of energy guys, uh, receiving cosmic energy, but also receiving solar energy. So they had this really deep understanding around the effects that these energies actually have these downloads, these, um, these cosmic energies, even astrological things. So for instance, Venus going re retrograde recently, stuff like that has an effect on our physical body. Um, because our physical body has atoms and cells and at the at the core of that it's energy right so they had this understanding of and i also want to say well, they want to say through me is that 
because they were, I suppose, the earlier um, forms of human that were seated here, a lot of their divine DNA, their alien DNA, and we've also established it's a lot of Orion energy, right? So it's a lot of Orion energy because Orions, uh, they work a lot with genetic modification, with DNA upgrades, with DNA, that sort of thing. So a lot of them had these faculties already online where they could receive this information really beautifully and their field would naturally expand. So their Merkaba, their own um, like light bodies would expand to take in this information. And as it, so it's kind of like me when I receive downloads, I receive them over days. I let them land and integrate into my body, into my light body, into all of my light bodies. And then I'm able to read the information. So they have this way of like understanding the information that's coming through in a energetic sense. And then what happens from that point is literally the cells collapse and they self-destruct basically um, the dense cells. It's like they're showing me this supernova, right? So I'm going to come back to this energy of the sun in a second. But they're literally, the cells are self-destructing as they take in this new information. And that that's where an upgrade happens. So they were so tapped into like everything that was happening um, cosmically. They were tapped into the energies. They were tapped into the sun, the solar flares, all the solar energy, right? Which many of us don't, we're not connected to that. We just think, oh, the sun, but actually the solar energies, the solar flares, they have a huge effect on us. So that what they were seeing when people talk about the prophecy of the Mayan end of days, they were seeing this increased solar energy, um, which would essentially, you know, <laughs> bring about this huge cataclysm or this awakening or whatever you want to see it. And I want to say, and what's coming through to say is that they have a very different relationship to the darkness that many of us do. They have out of all of the indigenous races, out of all of the um, kind of like older tribes, or I want to say uh, like even starseed races, their understanding of darkness, of chaos, of the destruction wall is very different to many of us, right? Humans now. Um, they saw that as very integral as part of creation, right? And we touched on this earlier with the dark feminine stuff, but there's this energy of they understood that a cell needs to be destroyed, the supernova happens, and then the energy reconfigures itself into something new so what actually happened it was interesting you asked me um what happened to them did they get on a spaceship and fly away actually what it feels like is a lot of them that weren't murdered or slaughtered or whatever you want to say um you know scattered everywhere else those who chose not to stay actually just left their physical bodies so they'd actually reached a point of ascension back then even where they were able to fully just transcend their human bodies and they didn't have this attachment to it of I'm dying, right? It was, they could see that they were transcending form and they were moving into a new form or shape. So what they were showing me in this download this morning was that they were showing me these rituals where the priest would be there, that the priestesses, the priests, um, kind of like almost like Egyptian kind of vibes, there'd be this huge sundial and there would be a person or an initiate or even several initiates in the center of this mechanism, right? And it was like built like a Merkaba, <laughs> Wow, I see the grid of it. It's really beautiful. So it was built like this technology, basically, that would harness the energy, the cosmic energy that was coming in. And as this person stood in the center of this um, disc or sun disc or whatever it was, they were able to harness that energy through their body. It upgraded all of their cells. They were able to then receive more light, receive more downloads, receive more cosmic energy. And in this um, in this way, they were then able to understand, you know, what this sh the shifting elements were, what um, what was coming in the future. That's how they could foretell this huge ch change or turn of events was because they had this intricate like 
direct download basically from those cosmic energies. So they were able to hold a lot more light actually than we, um, Oh, and they lived a lot longer is what they're telling me too. So they held a lot more light in their physical bodies because those DNA strands hadn't yet been shut down for them. They were actually super, super advanced as we'd see in Atlantis, as we'd see in Mu. A lot of them actually came from Atlantis. Um, so they were seated there and then they moved on after a cataclysm happened. So they already knew and understood this destruction. The other thing that was coming through, which is really interesting for me was um, we think of the Mayans and we think even the Incas like ritual sacrifice and how terrible and it's so dark and it's so heavy. And even here now where I am in Tulum, the grid is like, there's a super dichotomy, like there's super polarity between the darkness and the light and their understanding of the darkness and the light, like I said, was much more, it was a higher perspective. So they saw that darkness is necessary, but they also saw sacrifices, something completely different. Like the sacrifices that were made, a lot of these people, the human sacrifices were willing. They were completely willing because they knew that their body, their sacrifice of their human form would allow for this like changing of energy and this shifting into this new form, right? So they willingly allowed themselves to be sacrificed. A lot of them. I want to say that there were some, which probably didn't <laughs> like with anything, there were some that were not willing sacrifices, but a lot of them knew that that death that sacrifice was necessary and it's interesting because this also feeds into some of the karmic um uh, like can i talk okay i can touch on this i can't elaborate on this because there's still pieces coming in around this something i tuned in was like those that chose to stay and then you know seed mayan people or mexican people like the original the indigenous they're holding very heavy grids of karma basically of um okay cool this is where they're taking me with it with the what was done to their people like the it's horrible the atrocities the, they were completely wiped out basically by colonization and these people are literally holding this grid of the destruction the chaos the suffering um to transmute that but it's also as a reminder like their race their tribe knew to a degree because they were so tapped in that this was what was going to happen. They were going to get wiped out. Right. So they saw that coming for themselves and it was almost like a willingness to have that because it was this warning for humanity. And so the message is like, look at what happens when we get greedy, when we colonize, when we rape and pillage the earth, when we put industry and uh, money and whatever else above human life, above culture, above community, above um, consciousness, right? Like all of these things, this heaven on earth life that they were living, this colonization basically wiped them out. So it's a warning for like future, future. Um, that's really what it is. It's a legacy and it's a warning. Like, look at what happened to us. Do not let this happen to you is basically what, why that happened, right? Why they enable that to happen um, as a warning to be, you know, to be this question mark for future generations and people who would find these relics and be like, what happened to them? Well, here's what happened to them. Colonization happened to them. Human cruelty happened to them. Greed happened to them, right? And this happens like everywhere. It's not just in Mexico that this happened. This happens all over the world. Many indigenous races have been wiped out, but it's almost like there's very, something's very specific in the karma of that they chose to take this role and basically disappear and i'm again not negating that there aren't mayan blood people here who exist they're very much here but they're also very much um carrying that trauma still um so the grid here while there are people taking care of it and looking after it it's not to the full power that it was because the beings that were here were so powerful they were so tapped in they had so many of their faculties online and they were really like bringing this energy through and coding it into the earth so when they left it's almost like 
we talk about how the energy has really been accelerating in the past. I mean, I'm selfish, so I think it's all about me for the past 30 years, right? But like this ascension process has been speeding up and the solar flares have been coming in, the energy has been intensifying. But actually, um, you know, that's true. It, it has been really like ramping up as we reach this shift in time. But what had happened was like back then, the energies were being filtered into the earth. Like there were people who knew and were doing the work to grid that, to work with that, to move it through the earth. And a lot of those people were either wiped out or you know, forced to go underground. So there weren't as many grid keepers present doing this work. So it's almost like the earth had to like gradually, gradually raise in frequency, raise in frequency, raise in frequency, raise in frequency to a point where enough grid workers could come back to start to anchor these frequencies again to be able to hold all of this solar energy because that solar energy, if not channeled, if not um, integrated in a way which um, is expansive can be very destructive. We see whenever these solar flashes come in, a lot of density comes up. You know, people say the sun causes cancer, like things like this, like that energy when not channeled correctly, when not harnessed in the way that it needs to be harnessed or should be harnessed or could be harnessed to expand our light bodies. And literally what I'm seeing is like, you can't hold it into your physical body. You need to be able to let it push out into your outer, um, like into your light body, beyond your light body, so your light body can hold it because your human body literally can't hold it, right? So part of this upgrade that's happening is like on the cellular body of your human body to be able to hold more light. Um, but unfortunately, what's going to happen is those who can't hold light in their bodies, those who are not capable or not willing, they will be exiting before this, this next shift because their bodies literally just can't hold the light. Um, do you have any questions while I'm here? Like, and I have a clear channel. Ooh, wow. Wow. I'm closing my eyes and I'm seeing so much stuff. I was just looking into the eyes of a lion just then, yeah. just before you. I was like, like just whoa. But I don't have any questions um, because I'm just agreeing with everything you said. What I'm seeing is that what what you said that some did leave their bodies, some did opt yeah. to leave the planet on ships. And they're showing me not their ships, but with other galactic star family. Yeah. And and some stayed. And what they showed me is that um, the population of those ancestors that stayed who were carrying both the density of the atrocities, but they're also carrying the wisdom of who they were at a certain time on Earth. They are, there's a lot of them in Northern America, probably more than in South America. There's a battering of them in Australia hardly, <laughs> hardly you Sorry. yeah hardly yeah. any in Europe yeah it's just they were just showing me as you were talking what you were saying and you as and and I was looking at your tattoos and, and I saw this tattered man like a shaman <laughs> and I'm thinking that's why she's got all the tattoos because yeah. you, you're connected to him either as a past life or you know soul family or Here's yeah. me. Here's, yeah. here's me. Here's Definitely. Here. It's yeah. I had a session with a woman. Um, I'm gonna disconnect in a second because I feel like this okay. maybe a bit more to come through. But that, no, I had a session with a woman and she said, Oh, it's so funny. As soon as I started talking about the minds, I saw this elder literally walk into your body and become you. Yeah. I think that's just the final bit that wanted to come out of me. So yeah, I'm gonna just disconnect lovingly as much as I can disconnect.
yeah so you can keep talking i just needed to it was is going to turn into a full-blown activation and i don't want to blow up the whole of youtube because i respect that it's a public forum so <laughs> it's very very cool it's very cool and it's it's sad like from a human perspective it's so sad to me that the people here like mexicans are so detached from that like so many of them don't even speak mayan and it's just it's it's really upsetting that a white girl has to come here and and work on the grid because they've been so detached and we see that in australia too with the indigenous people there the difference with australians is i feel like they're very protective aboriginals are very protective and they still do the work and they're holding that grid down even though they won't tell you about it they're holding it down but here for some reason the Again, it feels like this karma thing that I was tuning into yesterday, which I I don't want to really get into because it's quite heavy, but it does feel like there's just not many of them here doing that that work, the 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 grid, the grid work really of that anchoring of that stuff. A lot of them are doing beautiful ceremony and that sort of thing, but there's almost like this resistance to really doing it fully because of the trauma of being wiped. Yeah, it was really interesting what you were saying that many of them are holding that karmic trauma of the annihilation. <clears throat> but they were showing me that it's when you were talking about them staying here, they showed me a young woman who, who was a little plump. She was tall. She was a single mother and she was in poverty and struggling. And she was in South America, like somewhere in Mexico City. Like they state, they showed me her specifically as the ancestors. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but she's holding that struggle energy, that, that, um, that struggle energy, which I think is, is dominant in many parts of the world, in many parts of the world. And um, that financial struggle to feed the children story, you know, we've all lived, I've lived it. Um, I'm sure you've lived it. We've all lived it. And, uh, but as they were showing me her, they, you know, they were saying that they forget that they also hold the wisdom of that group of people who are on the planet that held that higher wisdom from star family sources from that higher dimensional sources and they can just i just to remember can i offer mm-hmm. that we all just send some love to like i just really feel that in my heart like if we all just take a moment and just yeah wow i just feel it so deeply these beautiful people who are just so displaced and not even just yeah we just need to send them some love and some healing because they are beautiful people i mean all people are beautiful people but just so they remember they remember who they are and i also just want to dissolve because i didn't do that any cords bonds attachments that were created for that transmission and asking these beautiful beings to support anyone who received anything today to continue to support them in their integration yeah i think that you know, as you say, where everyone is a beautiful person on the planet, but they've just forgotten and uh, they're holding ties to struggle and chaos and, and um, yeah, and we just have to, all of us just have to remember who we are. But it was interesting that they were showing me that that lineage because often when we think of the ancestors, we think of the trauma that the ancestors lived rather than mm-hmm. how if you go back further, like how there were some ancestors were like these amazing enlightened beings that had the secrets to the cosmos that knew how to bilocate and talk to the galactics and channel and yeah it's all coming back online now like look at you (laughs) we've talked about the younger generation are sort of more tapped into that that past where we were more enlightened so yeah it's just beautiful beautiful 
Thanks so Thank much you. for that, Beck. That was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Now I understand why you've got all the tats. <laughs> yeah, I, I was born and it's funny, I'm like really attracted to Spanish language, but I was definitely born in the wrong continent. I feel that a lot. Like when I came here, I was like, oh yeah, I was not meant to be born. I mean, I was meant to be, I chose to be born in Australia. but I don't think it's the wrong continent at all. I think many light workers uh, came to Australia because I spoke to an Aboriginal elder once who said that Australia in Aboriginal tradition or in Indigenous tradition or uh, First Nation tradition is the land of the teachers. It's um, yeah. it's where the teachers come to learn and then they they move out into the world and they, they share their wisdom with the rest of the world. Uh, and I just thought that was beautiful. I thought, wow. I often say that to people who come here and stay because a lot of people come here, they follow a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a lover, and I say, what brings you to Australia? And they say, usually a relationship, and then they stay, and then I share with them that this is where the teachers come to learn, to remember, and then they go back to where they came from or spread out and take their wisdom with them. So, yeah, I don't think it was any, I don't think you were born in the wrong continent at all. I think your soul knew exactly (laughs) what it was doing when it chose to come to Australia. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. What's something that you've channeled that has like really changed your life and rocked your world? I mean, a lot of, a lot of things. It's mainly like the frequency or like I have experiences very, very frequently where I just merge into like the infinite bliss and love of God. And that's it. Like that's, it's just pure love. It's just pure ecstasy, love, orgasmic, like amazing, just Right. So that, that experience that some people would seek and an ayahuasca journey in a life near a near death experience, they've seek their whole lives to have that one experience of God. That is my anchor. That is my experience that I get. To, I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed to have that experience. Like it's a standard. I forget how special it is because I have it constantly, but that changes my life. Every time I have it, it's like I forget for a second that I'm this human having this human experience with all these worries and anxieties. And I'm like, bam, oh, that's right. I just needed to come back to God. And none of this matters, right? So it's that experience. There was some really cool things that happened when I started being open to, oh, I'm channeling aliens and there are other races and and our human um, genetic modification, all that stuff at the start was when I was channeling. One of the really cool things was remembering myself as essentially like a breeder. So one of those beings who was being bred and I was giving birth to humans. And then it was this long, like week or two, I think it was around a Lionsgate portal. So it was like, there was all this stuff coming in all at once. And I was like, this is wild. This is like a movie um, linked to Isis and Hathor and like that priestess lineage. Cause that's my, that's I'm very, very strong in that lineage. And all these things that I would channel the thing and then I would find the resource to like back it up immediately what I channeled. I'd channel the thing, I'd find the resource. And I was in this like trippy, like um, rabbit hole for like a week, just like channel the thing. And it changed my life because I was like, well, I cannot possibly ever doubt my channel ever again. Like there's no way I can doubt my channel because this has just been constantly confirmed everything that I've seen. So those two would be the most powerful kind of experiences that I've had for sure. Is there any special messages that is coming through now that you'd like to channel through to whoever is listening to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I do is tune into like the current energy or the collective energy. And I'm very good at pinpointing exactly kind of what everyone's feeling. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's not just me. Everyone's feeling that too. So what I saw and what we've seen is 
with last week. Um, it was kind of like Lionsgate week. I'm not sure I feel about it being the Lionsgate portal that did this, but definitely the descent that Venus has been doing and the Leo energy and um, lots of other like astro astrological stuff that's been going on. We had this week last week, which I feel like was tribe coming together. Like it was so powerful. And this was a collective thing. Like I know so many people who were like, holy shit, rainbows and angel numbers and just magic, like things dropping in, like left, right and center. Oh my God, this is really happening. This is really happening. There was this excitement. And what has felt like has happened is like we're in the, okay, we've now anchored that all of the stuff that's blocking us from actually embodying that new level is starting to come up. So what I'm seeing is like this hangover phase of the, it was very, very high vibrational energy that we were in last week. It was extremely high. I felt it was like um, bliss states for many of us where we were just like, this is like, I'm seeing the vision. It's really happening. Like this thing that I've been holding out for, for all this time, it's happening. And it kind of feels like we've been dragged kicking and screaming <laughs> for another like little go through the our own underworld or the underworld um, to see, okay, cool. So what's not in alignment with that? What are those little things that aren't in alignment with that? And so for many of us, it feels like the rug has been kind of snatched up from underneath us. It feels like the energy has been very heavy. I'm not sure if this is like, because the frequency was so high, whenever, anytime the frequency is very high, then collective shadow gets dumped and purged, but it definitely feels like the general consensus I'm seeing and feeling is a lot of people having just old stuff coming up that they thought that they dealt with. Um, we see this a lot with like solar flares or high, high energies, that stuff is going to come up. So the message is just like, we're getting really good at moving through these. Like as a collective, we're definitely moving through them faster. We're getting very good at anchoring and like, oh, I'm just tripping up on some shit and I need to just come back to love. And it's that simple. Right. Um, so whatever is coming up, like pay attention to what is coming up and where is it directly blocking like I've seen for me personally it's directly blocking what I want to create like so there's certain things that have been showing up that are directly this thought process this sorry this thought form this thought pattern this um wound this fear whatever it is is literally the thing the thing that is blocking me from what I want to anchor and create and keep reminding yourself like why why am I, why do I desire to create this? What is my vision? Because that, that vision and that why is going to help you to move through that resistance. But I honestly feel like it's so interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I was on Brandon's show actually, and I channeled that. Um, oh, that's cool that they're bringing that piece back in. Thanks guys. I channel this council of light. Um, and it's like Christ conscious frequency. And that's all I really can say about it because I, I, I don't want to get to labels and titles and all of this thing, but they were, they came in and Brandon had asked, do you have a message? And I channeled this message that it is like 80% of light workers are still working through some stuff basically to anchor this new earth, these new frequencies. They're in this karmic loop and they're going round and round and round in this karmic loop, not realizing that it's very easy. They can just get off it and stop replaying the past and just be like, okay, that served. And I'm not creating this anymore. Right. So it felt like 80% was still going through that 20 had anchored. Now I'm feeling it more like 60, 40. So it, we have made a huge leap is what I want to say from the last time I tuned into that energy. It definitely feels like it's 60% and now like on that higher timeline, which is so exciting. And I feel the excitement of that 40% are still, mm, where's my tribe? I'm in this alone. Like I'm still suffering. I'm still addicted to the suffering. I'm still in the, like the blinkers blind phase, but considering that was only a couple of weeks ago, that goes to show from 80% that was still struggling to now it's 40%. That's a huge jump. That's half. Is that half? No, not good at maths. That's a, it's a massive um, reduction, 
which which tells me that we're going to probably have another push of these energies if it's not already happening right now. Um, maybe that's what this energy surge that's happening now is about. Um, it definitely feels like that energy is on the way out, which is really positive because it means when we anchor that, then the humans or the, the humans, I talk like we're not human, we're human as well, but the people who are not um, not here to serve in that way, who aren't already awakened, they're going to start to receive that stuff. And it feels like by that point, we will be so anchored in that bliss and that new, that new energy, that like balance, that not being affected by it, that the energies will come in and we'll experience them as very blissful in the same that we did kind of like last week. So were you feeling that last week? Were you feeling those like collaboration, connection, like soul tribe dropping in vibes? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, the Lionsgate this year, I never tune into that stuff. Everyone around me in Sydney's always tuning into the solstices and celebrating mm-hmm. the solstices and the Lionsgate. And I never tune into it because my guides have said, you know, every day, every moment is an opportunity to exactly. align your energy. You don't need to wait for a solstice or a lion's gate opening. Um, these are these are sort of like points on a calendar, like in the past when you didn't have um, calendars on your computer, you would say, we will meet at the solstice or, you know, like, like yeah. So that's what my guides say to me. But I did, um, yeah, I did honor it this year and we had a gathering in my home and yeah the conversation around abundance and courage and all that sort of liony energy came up so it was lovely mm-hmm. the lion's yeah. gate i felt yeah. it as very like dark feminine energy this year because venus is just at the time when lion's gate was she had gone retrograde and she was very much like in the underworld she was um i think she was conjunct black moon which is lilith i don't know if you're into astrology but i'm real i'm getting really into it these days it's probably that my encoding coming in but it was very like a week leading up to it the message that was coming through to me was you need to, and i don't usually serve during during lionsgate i do my own thing i just tune into the energy i feel do i want to tune into this energy do i not like is anything but this year it was coming through you need to take these people on this like dark goddess reclamation journey just because of the current energetics and there has been lots of that space like to journey into the underworld journey into our own in underworld journey into that darker territory um and i think that that's kind of like what this shift now is coming out of that so we've gone in we've gone into that territory gone into that inner underworld um gone into the dark feminine dark masculine what is it that we've like uncovered and now how can we take that into the next iteration and our next version and really anchor and embody what it is that we want to bring through yeah Beautiful, beautiful, dying one. What a message. Yeah, I'm feeling like the whole Lionsgate energy around courage is uh, something that is quite poignant at the moment, especially for light workers. You know, I, a question I wanted to ask you was, but I kind of received it when I asked it in my mind, was what are your parents, you know, coming from that traditional Greek background, what are they thinking about who you are and what you do. You know what? It's my mom. I'm on the phone to her every day. Mom, the aliens are telling me this. Mom, the Mayans are blasting me. My mother, ironically, because she's the one that really messed me up. No, I love you, mom. If you're listening, I love you. We talk like this, right? So I'm not, I'm not like airing out dirty laundry. We have this relationship and she knows I'm kidding when I say you fuck me up, mom. Um, She's always been new age. So she's been in like spiritual open. I wouldn't say that she's like 
at all to the degree that I am. She used to take me to psychics and stuff when I was younger, has crystals, Mm. very much wanted to do the healing journey, wanted to do it, but something always kind of stops her and then she doesn't progress with it. But so she's always been open. Um, I definitely pushed her beyond (laughs) boundaries, which are like well beyond, you know, what she would even think or perceive or imagine. So she is a hundred percent has every faith in me. She's like, some of this stuff, please don't tell anyone else. Like, because they're going to think you're crazy. But like, if I believe you, weirdly enough, I believe you and I trust you. And uh, it's so, she's my biggest support. Like I, oh, I'm so nice. grateful. My dad, um, I think he's a healer. So he has natural healing abilities. His mother mm-hmm. was part of how I got my gift. So she was, it's in our lineage. Mm-hmm. She was a healer. She was also highly schizophrenic. So mm-hmm. He knows that this stuff is legit. He does Reiki or jokingly does Reiki to my mom. He's like, let me heal your head or whatever. Um, So he's very positive. He's very strong. He cured himself of cancer just through his positive thought. So I think he knows on some level. Yeah, very strong man. Also extremely stubborn and a pain in my ass, but strong, right? So I get my strong codes from him. Um, He is open to the stuff. He's also religious. Like, so... I, I think maybe some of the more esoteric stuff he'd be a bit more like eh, about, but because I love Jesus, we're good. We're good. Like- we're good. Love Jesus. <laughs> so he doesn't uh, pressure you to be religious too, like the Greek Orthodox no. Church. No, our family is not. We're not religious. He's yeah. not religious. He goes to church like once a year. And oh, not even so he's anymore, not right? very religious then. But no, 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 no. But he's like, him. I believe in God. I believe in you know Jesus, whatever. Which I do too. So that's cool. I love Jesus. We we watched the Chosen together. It was beautiful. And I was like, Jesus. And he's like, I love Jesus, right? So, but my family aren't. <laughs> we're not super religious. Um, the thing with my dad is the this is not a real career, like what you're going to do at a conference. I'm later in this year. The reason I'm part of the reason I'm in Mexico is I'm presenting at a conference for UFOlogy. Um, and it's funny because my sister is also coming to the States to present and she's a, a lecturer, like a academic and he's coming to support her and like bring her here. But when I told him I was doing a conference, oh, you're going to be in the States. Why don't you just hop over to Mexico and come to my conference? And he's like, what conference? It's not real. Like it's not a real career. So so that's the energy. Like basically just, it's not real to him, but that's okay. Like he's still like messages me saying, I'm so proud of you and I love you. And so, so I would imagine that there are many families like you where the children are more like tuned in, tapped in, more out there, more galactic, more, 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 and they're waking up the parents, even though the parents come from the hippie, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. out there, peace, love, and brown rice. It's the opposite with me. I'm so out there and on it. And my, <laughs> my daughter is awake and, you know, all her friends are hippies and everything, but she's like, don't talk about aliens, mom. You know, like it's so yeah. interesting. She's your age and I'm your parents' age, obviously, but I'm the one that's out there multidimensional channeling aliens and she's doing her ayahuasca ceremonies, but like, don't come with me at the alien. She sent me, she sends me alien memes all the time. I think <laughs> she's, I think she's coming around with the whole galactic idea, but uh, yeah. I think there can be a lot of resistance to the galactic. Like even I, I had resistance. I was honestly, this is like a full disclosure, like vulnerable share. Three years ago, I would see people channeling aliens and talking about grid work and talking about the Galactic Federation. I'd be like, well, they're a bit, I'm into my shamanic ancestral stuff. Like I'm into the real shit. Like none of this 
galactic. And then it like hit me in the face when all that stuff around, I said, like, I remembered I was this breeder and this like that one landscape, it just blasted it all open. I was like, okay, right. I'm here to do all of this. And that's why I have resistance to it. So it's like the fear of the judgment. So yeah, yeah, it's It's the fear of the judgment. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's the fear of wanting to fit in and being judged by your peers as being strange and yeah, hanging on to that ego part of self that says, I hope you like me. Yeah, yeah, it's that. Absolutely. It's that which, um, which is as you know, it takes a bit of working out to sort of let go of all that, you know, identity with self and needing to be loved and needing to be liked and all that sort of thing. When you understand that, it was a conversation I had with her on text yesterday morning. When you understand you are love, you stop looking for it and you start beaming it. Yeah, exactly. So you've got a podcast show too, Beck. You've started a podcast show. Do you want to tell us about that? Why did you start the show? What are the conversations? What are you discussing on the show? Totally. It's called Cracked Open. And the hook of it is becoming a vessel of unconditional love. I actually, end of last year, I was I hired an agency to get me on a bunch of podcasts because I really knew I had messages to share. And I was like, I need to start reaching people. I have quite a humble following at the moment. And so that was happening. And then I started getting really dissatisfied with them. And I was like, this is annoying. And then one day I bought, I'm a musician, right? So I create music. I bought this microphone, which you see here. And it was like studio quality mic for like 200 bucks. And I bought it. And then I was like, why don't I just start my own podcast? <laughs> like, why, why haven't I done that? That's so stupid. I love to hear my own voice. <laughs> I have a lot of wisdom to share. So I did. I, I sat down that week. I channeled 10 episodes, bang, 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 straight through, released it on the 11th of January this year. And each single one is a cosmic activation, the way that this little piece was. I make it very, I drop in at the start of every episode and very conscious, like, let's bring, let's create a grid. Let's bring some energy to this. Let's have people have these experiences, which I was bringing to other people's podcasts. And it's just beautiful. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. I've had so many amazing. The other thing is like I get to share these amazing people who I've met in Bali and here, you know, all the amazing people I'm connecting with and bring them to my audience. So it's such a pleasure. I'm definitely going to have you on soon. So that's going to be exciting too. But yeah, it's just such a beautiful way to explore awakening, explore all the initiations that you go through on this path and, and just help people in whatever way I can with my frequency and my message. So people can find that on YouTube and what Spotify and all those sort of. Yeah, you can, if you just, yeah, if you just search Cracked Open with Beck Mylonis on like Spotify podcast, um, podcast, Apple podcasts, or I am on YouTube as Beck Mylonis, but my YouTube's not super active, but I do put them there as well. So you can find me all the places. Yeah. Cool. And your website is dot com. Yeah. Easy. Dying one, it's been a joy and a pleasure. You are amazing. Carly energy, Pele energy, volcanic energy, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so tell me about this conference in Mexico. They're they're doing a UFO conference in Mexico City, is it? It's yeah, Mexico City. They have it's called the World Congress of UFOlogy. Um, so it's a bunch of UFO researchers and ufologists. It's so random. I don't know why Spirit called me to go there, but I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and they usually do it in Barcelona. And I think this is the first one in Mexico. And I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Mexico anyway. So I might as well sign up to do it. And I'm doing it. I have no idea what I'm there to do, but I'm sure it'll be amazing. Well, it's it's so, so cool to hear that they're having UFO conferences all over the world. And I've had so many people, I've been doing this for years. I've had so many people on the show that with amazing galactic experiences, like that are in their seventies now that were up on ships as kids and Wow. Uh, being taught by the ETs and, you know, shown probable futures of Earth and what's out there and told as children like 50 years ago, 
you need to do something to help humanity because this is a probable future that you could be, you know, living into in the next 50, 60, 70 years, which is kind of now, right? And uh, mm. so it's been interesting. It's been interesting, right? I think that with the light workers, what we've done on this timeline is uh, we've avoided a lot of catastrophe uh, with the raising of consciousness and yeah, you're all a part of it. Yeah, there's been generations of it coming in. And I had this beautiful woman on the show, Edith Ubuntu Chan, who talks about the heard of her. Yeah, the yeah, Brandon introduced me to her too. But mm-hmm. the babies, just this one line, you know, that there are just millions and millions and millions and millions of her son said it to a space babies waiting to incarnate onto earth mm-hmm. to blanket the world with new consciousness I my just, womb is ready i just loved that <laughs> like blanket yeah. the world you can just see a blanket going over the world and this new consciousness mm-hmm. coming in with the new children it's just so cool but you're one of them you're one of the new kids on the block i mean to my generation anyway so it's been i feel such old a, you know <laughs> i know you feel old but you're not um yeah to think if you lived to 150 how young you would be now like that's what oh I keep saying. Every time I go into I feel old, like our concept of old age is like 50 up, right? But if you live to 100, then 50 is middle age, or if you live to 150, then 50 is young. Like, yeah, just it's just all relative. Oh, yeah. well, beautiful one. You, It's nighttime over there, isn't it? You go it off is, and yeah. have your rest. And thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I look forward to hearing more of what the Mayans have to say. I'll get you back on Absolutely. the show to download more of that. Thanks for coming well, on the show. Thanks for having me. Wonderful, amazing, amazing, amazing. The Mayan connection. Yeah, she was channeling that information. I was just thinking, oh, now I get all the tattoos because <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not tattooed. I, I remember I moved into this suburb that I live, Coogee, uh, about 11 years ago, and I went to the beach. I sort of used to live here 10 years or so before, but I remember going to the beach and I was the only one, I swear I was the only one on the beach without a tattoo. Like tattoos are so popular these days and I wonder why I often wonder why people you know have tattoos because it's a permanent thing I don't mind body art as long as you can change your mind afterwards you know wash it off Uh, you know not permanent tattoos but as she was channeling I had a very clear vision of this shaman with his headgear and he had tats like he was all painted like his whole body was painted he was all tattooed up and I really got it I just thought, wow, that's why she's got all the tattoos. She's really connected to this, this Mayan energy. Yeah, it was interesting, them showing me where the ancestors of the Mayan empire or the Mayan civilization, that the ones that did stay on earth, uh, where they were. And they showed me that the majority of the ancestors are actually in North America, not South America, of that, you know, the Machu Picchu type Mayan ancestors. Yeah, it was fascinating. I hope you enjoyed that. Let me know what you think. Are you connected to the Mayan Empire? I don't think I am. I'm connected to the star family that who are connected to them, but I don't think I've had a past life. I definitely have Machu Picchu on the bucket list. What about you? Before I die, I want to go and see Machu Picchu. Maybe I'll find some connections when I go. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thanks again for listening and watching and uh, sharing your comments with me and pressing that subscribe and like button i know many of you listen to these um, shows without sort of being on subscription to the platform you're listening on and so you can't subscribe and like and uh but anyway if you can 
I'd love it if you press that subscribe button and like button. It does help the algorithms on all the platforms. I'm not sure how all the algorithms work on all the different platforms, but I know that when you engage with the shows, either leaving a comment or like a subscribe, it does show you more of those shows and then, you know, it shares those shows with more people so more people get the benefit of the conversations that we have on these shows. That's why I put them out there. It's not a money scheme for me. I'm not doing a podcast. I've been doing it for 14 years to make money. It's literally to share and spread consciousness. So your engagement with the shows really helps. Sheila Seppi coming up this weekend in the Inner Sanctum. Hopefully I'll get this up before she comes. If you want to join us, go to Karen Swain slash Inner Sanctum, pop your email in, and I'll send you the link to join us uh, for our little online gathering i'll stream some of it live on various platforms and um, then we do a q a afterwards just turn off the recording and not live so people can open up and share without feeling like they're being recorded or on a public platform all right love you big time remember to check out the book awakened by death if you haven't already and i will catch you next time thanks again bye for now <laughs>